Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Radio. I'm your host, Matt Frazier, and today I have a special guest. His name is Brandon Fry. And if you are at all active in the social media side of this plant-based running lifestyle, then you probably know of Brandon, and if not of Brandon, then of the Twitter chat that he started, which is called Veg Run Chat. That's hashtag V-E-G-R-U-N-C-H-A-T. Uh, pretty much what it sounds like. It's a, it's a hashtag chat on Twitter. Which honestly, I don't know that much about how they all work. I even participated in Brandon's, um, but uh, we'll we'll get into certainly how they go, just so so people who have never done a Twitter chat can can connect with plant based runners on Twitter. Um, but we've got some other stuff to talk about too, so I'm excited about this. Brandon, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so it's good to finally connect. We've we've talked online uh, for the most part for the past probably year or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been good. So it's it's good to finally talk to you. And I mean, you've done a tremendous job of growing Veg Run Chat because I know when I when I first heard about it, sometime I think it was last year because it was when I was starting the book tour and saw it, and I, I was just researching a bunch of different options and kind of outlets for promoting it. And um, you know, I I think even then I noticed it, but it, it seemed like a small thing. And now it's just like it's it seems to have grown in popularity really quickly, which I think is so great to see because you know for me that's. That's what I've spent the last five years of my life doing with No Meat Athlete, trying to build something and see it grow. And at the same time, I've seen how many things people start. And I've, I mean, I've started some little side projects myself that mm-hmm. it's just really hard to gain traction. I and mean, there's so much noise on the Internet. So it's been very cool to see yours take off because, you know, anything with this having to do with this lifestyle and especially with connecting people, which is so important, uh, I'm, I'm always rooting for and really happy to see that working out. Great. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it really has grown. It's it's become something more than I ever ever imagined it to be. In fact, it started all on a whim. <laughs> um, after another chat uh, one night, somebody mentioned, you know, we really need uh, a veg run chat. They really they literally spelled it out on Twitter in and <laughs> 140 characters said hashtag v g r u n c h a t, and it just kind of clicked. And I thought, well, you know what, we do need that. And you know, you know, we have obviously we have nomeatathlete.com is an uh, excellent resource. And and by the way, we have to. I think anybody within this niche needs to thank you for getting for getting it started because <laughs> you you really opened the doors for a lot of us to um, create even more energy, even more uh, conversation around this this whole niche. So it really well, has opened up the door. That's awesome. Of course. But uh, like I said, it just started on a whim um, one night. Somebody mentioned it, and I happened to be running a blog at the time, um, and, and a lot of my articles are still on that blog. That's porksdefeat.com. And I thought, well, you know what? I could just make this kind of a side project within my blog and just kind of have this chat, and I'll, I'll write articles about what the topic will be. I had literally I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> and I thought – this could be fun though. This could stir up some some more conversation, and, and and honestly, half of it was me wanting to learn from the community. You know, I really wanted to learn more myself about how I could be a better uh, runner. Um, I wanted to learn new recipes. You know, I wanted to. I just had a thirst for knowledge uh, around this topic. Yeah, exactly. So so, so it really um, 
half of it was really just for my own personal benefit. <laughs> yep, that's I mean that's how Nomi Nathy was. When I started it was because I was like I was making the transition to vegetarian at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't even know what vegan was back then and I was just looking around for information like can you do this as a marathon runner? I didn't know if you could. And I just realized there wasn't anything really on on the topic, so I figured starting a blog around my experiment would at least it would at least help me to learn a lot of stuff by connecting with people, which sounds like exactly what what you've done with that junk chat. Right, and, and it's it's been it's been excellent. I mean, it's it, we started out with probably ten fifteen people on a good Sunday night. By the way, for the for everybody listening, our chat is Sunday nights at nine p.m. Eastern time. That's every Sunday night, uh, fifty two weeks out of the year. Hmm. Um. But it literally started out with about 10 or 15 people uh, showing up, and, and slowly more people trickled in, and I thought, well, I really need to, I really need to put a website up for this thing. <laughs> and then you know we've got uh, companies that were interested in sponsoring our chats. Um, really, within a very short amount of time, um, I'm not going to say that the financials behind it because it's not really anything to brag about, <laughs> but it, but it, but the point is, is that we were able to grow so much attention, um, you know, and what, the reason why I put so much focus on the attention and the numbers, like if you, like I talked to some people and I'll tell them, yeah, we've really, you know, improved our numbers or I'll talk to some of our team members about that. And the whole reason why that's so important to me is that the more people who know um, about this online world, the more people who can share it. And then the more people that share it, obviously more people will know that this is even a possibility. Yep. So, right. um, but uh, yeah, we've we've grown from you know, I think when we start off, we may have had a hundred followers first week. We were up to I don't know somewhere over twenty six hundred now. Wow. And we have roughly around six hundred to a thousand tweets going out uh, on Sunday nights during that one hour. That's so, awesome. So it's pretty it's pretty amazing like how how many of us there are out there cuz you know that's that was one thing that this whole community um not just really I shouldn't say our community but the whole niche of it online is to kind of serve as a community that people don't have in their backyards you know they don't have it in their neighborhoods um i mean you live in Asheville so i and i know a little bit about Asheville so i know you probably have a little more <laughs> where you're at but um but in some some places, you know, like me, I for instance, I actually only know a handful of vegans in my in you know in my in Winston Salem. Right. So um, so it's really been beneficial to myself. So I know it must be beneficial to others. Yeah, and that I mean that's the great thing about this whole web. It has basically made the the geographical barriers to people connecting has has gotten rid of those because you know now they're 20 years ago or 30 years ago, it would have been impossible to start something like a veg run chat because everyone would have had to, you know, because everyone's so far away from each other. I mean, you just can't get that many people together at a time. Maybe certain veg meetup type things you can, but for the most part, someone living in a, in a, in a rural area or just not even just not a huge city, um, there, there was no connection. You know, I mean, it, it was dependent on geography and now nothing does anymore. So all these clicks, you know, these—I mean, these tiny little niche topics can can be expanded, and you can find who who's into them. So th- I want to get into that some more. Like I, later on in this call, I just want to talk some about 
first of all, what, what Veg Run Chat is and kind of how people who don't know what it is, like the first thing about it. Because really, I mean, the people who listen to podcasts are, are already a, a pretty small group of internet users. I mean, pretty mm-hmm. advanced group, for, you know, relatively speaking. And I think Twitter chat is, is still beyond that. It, it has not been adopted by all that many people because you have to be a Twitter user and you have to understand the hashtag thing. So I want to get into some of that stuff. And I also want to talk about kind of what we're talking about now, which is the what's behind it. Like what's behind creating something like this? Because I think that is sort of uh, – a fantasy is not the right word, but just a goal or, or something that, that someone sort of thinks about. Like, you know, hey, I'd, I'd like to start something – um, a, a business, or if not a business, then a nonprofit type of thing. Something that that creates some sort of change in the world, makes a dent in the universe, as they say, uh, especially around a plant-based diet. If they're particularly interested in that, so I want to get into some of that stuff and just sort of like what was going on when you started it, what the business model is, and you know why it's been successful, things like that. But uh, I also want to talk about just you, Brandon Fry, as an individual, because I think that. In 140 characters on Twitter, it's not it's not like a blog where you can write 1,500 words about yourself, or or in a bo- podcast like this where you can just ramble on about whatever you want um, and hope that people listen. Because I mean, Twitter limits. That's why Twitter is cool because it, it limits the way way you can communicate. So I, I have a feeling that even in the Veg Run Chat community, who probably all knows who you are, uh, they probably don't know you know, who you are, like, like what you do and, and what, what you're about outside of that, that hour on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's get in a little bit of talking about that. You mentioned to me before that you were doing an 18 mile run when I emailed you earlier in the week. Um, and I was just, like, what are you training for? Uh, currently I'm training for the Greensboro marathon, which is October 18th, uh, here at Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, typically I would say I run between 20, to 40 miles a week. I usually don't go over that unless I'm training. Uh, I expect with this training uh, schedule, I'll probably be exceeding probably 40, 45 uh, through this training session. Mm-hmm. So I'm training for that right now. I don't run, believe it or not, the guy who created Veg Run Chat and, <laughs> and, um, and had a blog that was centered around uh, running doesn't run a lot of races. But I do believe in racing. I think it's it's an excellent way to meet other people. I think it's just the feeling you get from running uh, a race and the whole atmosphere of it, uh, people cheering you on. It's just, you know, you can't really get that anywhere else. Um, so, uh, but actually lately, the past, I would say the past, over the past couple of months, I've kind of switched gears a little bit and started using running more as a, more as a stress relief and just overall well-being, I guess you would say. Um, and, uh, so I've got the Greensboro Marathon coming up. Um, I do have a virtual race. We'll talk about that later, sure. uh, coming up. But, um, but other than that, that's all I have on the schedule right now. Um, I'm open to other things when they pop up. I don't usually schedule, you know, some people schedule races year a year in advance and I don't typically do that, but yeah, so I'm open to racing, but I, I usually, I usually do my mileage alone and people usually always ask me. Uh, Brandon, what are you training for? You're running like 30 some miles this week. <laughs> right. Like just training to run. <laughs> you yeah. Know, I like to be prepared. You know, uh, <laughs> right. anything comes up. <laughs> in case the world world suddenly ends or it's Armageddon. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we have a lot in common because that's that's sort of similar to me. Like I, I used to be into really 
competitive, not competitive with other people very much, but with myself and with my times and mm-hmm. trying to qualify for Boston. Uh, but recently running has become that, that thing for me, the thing that I do for the benefits that it gives me, the stress relief, uh, just that time to be out there by myself. And also like you, I tend not to run with other people. Not, not that I have a, anything against that. And like when I do, it certainly makes the miles pass a lot quicker, like a 10 mile run or a 12 mile run or whatever, a training run on a Saturday morning for me passes so much quicker when I'm with people. But for some reason, I just tend to, to not to do most of my runs. I'm not like, I don't, I don't go to a regular running group. I'm trying to now start those with no meat athletes. So I will start going to that one. Um, but you know, for the moment, I just kind of like running for, for the time for the solitude really. And just thinking, listening to something maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's one of the great benefits for me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, there's so much to running and it's, it's such a natural form of, of, it's just, it's so human, you know, and yep. I think so many people can get carried away with making it into something that really they become a slave to. And, sure. <laughs> um, and, and I'm, you know, I can't say, I really can't speak for anybody on that, but I can speak for myself and say that that's what I have done in the past when I first really started getting into trying to beat my own times. And like you, I, I raced against myself. Uh, I think most of us do. Um, but I would try to beat my own times and, and set new PRs, and and eventually I got to where, you know what, I'm not even enjoying this anymore. <laughs> and so I just kind of had to step, take a step back and and just kind of go out there, and I still time myself. I still use my Garmin, but I don't beat myself up over, over a bad uh, pace or, or anything. Yeah. All right, so so we know you're a runner. Uh, where where'd the – when did the plant-based diet become part of this? And then, and then, where did your previous blog, Forks to Feet, come into play? Like, at what point did you say, "I'm going to start this thing"? Because that happened before Veg Run Jack came about, right? Right, right. Well, I started running. I really started running in 2003. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. It was bad form. It was um, very slow. <laughs> but um, but I started running as kind of a means to just. I think it was just natural for me to want to run and. But I wasn't, but I wasn't any good at it, and I wanted to try to improve on it. And I tried for several years to just, to just kind of uh, read different things and read different posts and stuff, and try to get better. And I couldn't really find a groove. And uh, somewhere around the summer of 2011, I started getting real serious about working out. I was overweight. I was actually pretty overweight. And people wouldn't believe it by looking at me now. I weigh 165, soaking wet. Um, but Back in in 2010 or so, I was 200 over 200 pounds. Okay, that's significant weight loss. Yeah, and I was pretty sick. All you know, I was sick pretty often, and uh, just was not a very good. I was just not in very good shape. And were I, you running during this time? You were still. I was trying to. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, it. It wasn't like I said. It wasn't pretty, but I was trying to run just for my own. Um, it was, it was really, you know, it was really stress relief back then. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole point of it. Uh, but anyway, during the summer of 2011, I started wanting to get really serious about it. And I met a guy, a good friend of mine, um, and he, he was a runner and he was, he was a runner like I'd never seen before. I'd never been introduced to, you know, I'd never really known somebody who ran a marathon or, or, was that serious about running and it, it ran 30 miles a week. And so I met this guy and he was, 
he was so relaxed, so cool, and running seemed so easy to him. And so I started hanging out with the guy. I was going to learn some tips from him and figure out what he was doing. And it and it didn't take me long. As you know, we vegans like to talk about our veganism. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't long before I found out that he was eating a plant-based diet. And he was slowly nudging me in that direction. Um, and he recommended me to watch a film. And I think most of your um, most of your community has probably seen Forks Over Knives. Sure. And so I watched that, and immediately, overnight, uh, went vegan. I said, let's give this a shot. Let's see if this will actually work. Let's see if I feel better. Because I'd been dealing with uh, some very bad pains in my knee and my hip, um, just really bad achiness. And I thought, well, if this – it's worth a shot to see if, you know, a plant-based diet, uh, see if nutrition would actually fix some of this stuff and see if I could recover quicker. And if it didn't work, then, oh, well, I tried it. But uh, it actually, within a couple of weeks, I started feeling better. Um, within a month, I was already lined up to run my first marathon. Um, huh. And I'm sorry, that does sound like I went – I was running before I went vegan. I started right, really right. running before I went vegan. So it's not like I went from one month, you know, from the couch to a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> but, All uh, because of veganism. <laughs> yeah, Superman. <laughs> no, uh, but it but it did play a considerable role in uh, getting me to where I, I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, so would you say you experienced those things, those those types of changes you were talking about, like that you were looking to to gain from it? Yes, absolutely. It, well, and I've gained so much more uh, from a plant based diet than just running. In fact, I kind of have to link everything back to running because if it weren't for running and me looking for a way to improve my performance, I would have never learned about uh, a plant-based diet i would have never learned that that was even possible or a thing mm-hmm. and from that i it's just kind of extended into just so many other things uh so many other windows have opened up because of it and it's changed the way i, I feel about the earth it's changed the way i feel about the way we treat animals uh, it's changed the way i feel about everything yeah that's a really interesting thing about veganism or or even vegetarianism and i think the you know, you sort of assume that that someone who is vegan, if you're kind of on the outside looking in at vegans or vegetarians, um, you assume that they kind of were were born ethical type people, people who cared about that sort of thing, or were raised that way, or cared about that way, or at least at least cared about all that stuff when they made the choice to become vegetarian or vegan to change their diet. But you know, I know, like in my own case, I didn't think about any of that stuff when I decided to go vegetarian this is this is long before i went vegan but like when i made that choice it was yes it was because of of animals and i, I just felt weird about eating animals i had kind of started to not feel like that was the right thing for me to do but what's been amazing is is how much once you make that choice and once you get used to like get in the habit of making a choice like that like you, you eat three times or more a day and when you get used to making that many daily choices uh, not just based on like what you feel like in the moment, but what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that it just kind of starts to open your eyes to all these different things in life that you that you don't even think about. I mean, it's just it's been. I feel like I've I've become so much more compassionate uh, in in a lot of different ways, not just towards animals, but as a result of of taking small steps in that direction. And the small step, of course, being being vegetarian at, back then. Right. Right. I, yeah. I agree. I mean. I de- there's uh, so many things that I would have never thought about before, but it's just being grounded with 
with the earth and, and really I feel more focused now than ever to to everything that's around me. I mean, like you say, it's not just animals, but uh, my compassion for humankind and everything. It's just it's um, it's a definitely a new perspective on life. Right. So. All right. So I want to hear about how you how you made the switch overnight from from you you were first you were <laughs> eating you were eating meat and stuff too and like not not vegetarian and then just decided to go vegan right i was completely this is the way when i fueled for a when i fueled for for a race i was eating you know grilled chicken cuz that's what runners world told me to eat yep and, and uh you know salmon for omega whatever and <laughs> and you know and pasta of course and so it it was Somewhat like I'd switched over, and I was actually adding some vegetables in too. So, so I was kind of, sort of, I thought I was on the right track. Um, so when I switched over, I had already learned about, um, I'd already switched to more whole foods. Um, so when I switched over, I really needed to just get rid of everything that came from animals. I need to get rid of my meat, my dairy, cheese, all that. And I would like to say it was so simple. I just woke up and I knew how to cook every vegan dish I wanted. <laughs> but that is probably the the biggest thing that trips us all up is most of us don't know how to – well, it's not that we don't know how to cook because some of us do. I did. Um, but we think that it, it must be so difficult. Like what do vegans eat? Right. And I'll be honest. Today, um, when people ask me, well, Brandon, what do you cook for what – do, what do you cook for – uh, regular day's meals and i'll say well i grab whatever vegetables you know that are that are you know that i come across um maybe it's something new i haven't tried and i a lot of times i'll throw them in a pan and and cook them up and put them in a burrito wrap or or something as simple as that uh, yeah I'm still, I've, I've had that conversation like with three people recently i've i've had that same conversation that like that's how we eat we just find what's in the fridge uh-huh. And put it, if it's, if you can get a vegetable, if you can get a bean and a grain, uh-huh. that makes a perfect burrito or stir fry or whatever you want, and you just eat that in some form or another. I've heard so many people recently say that that's how they eat. Yeah, it's so simple, and we I think we overcomplicate things because because if you do look online at vegan recipes, you know, like Oshi Glows, you're going to see some very intricate, very very beautiful dishes. Um, don't get me wrong, they're awesome. I uh, just but they do; they are kind of intimidating. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you don't have to start out that way at first, and, and I certainly didn't. In fact, the very first, my first day as a vegan, I went to the grocery store. I picked up, I believe it was broccoli, <laughs> uh, onion, mushrooms, and and iceberg lettuce. Something I don't <laughs> I, something I don't eat anymore is iceberg lettuce. But I picked up iceberg lettuce, and I guess I thought that I was going to live on salads my whole life, you know. <laughs> uh, from here all out, it's gonna be salads, but um, uh, and also balsamic vinegar because I wasn't doing oil at the time. I was gonna try to oh, do. Right, right. I was gonna try to do the fork serving. I was whole food. Yep. Um, so anyway, I quickly learned that that was not gonna suffice. You know, especially for a runner who needs calories. Um, mm-hmm. Iceberg salad, you know, lettuce salad is not gonna cut it. Right. So I started. I started looking at other things. Um, NoMeatAthlete.com was a good help. And some of these, and some of these other sites, Sports Over Nice actually has some stuff on their on their site. Um, but anyway, there was, you know, there's several resources out there for us to look at. And and like most vegans, if you ask us, um, I know if anybody asks me either via the Vetron Chat uh, account on Twitter or through my email, I will take the time out of my day to make sure that somebody 
you know, is on the right track. I'll make sure I, I'll help them out. It's not that big of a deal, and I was there, you know. Mm-hmm. So we are – most of us are glad to help, I think. So yeah. So if the kitchen can be intimidating, but don't let that, you know, stop you. Cool. All right, yeah. So before – I want to go on, but I, I was just curious, like, what was that first day as a vegan like? like? And yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but but – I mean, I because I, I talk so much about small steps, habit change, and that's what has worked for me. But there are areas in my life where where the all or nothing approach, just you know, all in at once, where that has worked, uh, and there are places where it hasn't worked too. But mm-hmm. that's also true with the small steps thing; it hasn't worked everywhere. Um, but I'm just like from for someone who for whom it was successful, uh, that being you, like what was that first day like? I mean, was it was it by dinner time, was it like this is terrible and I'm having second thoughts and I don't think I can do this, or was it just sort of like this is what I'm, this is how I am now and and I'm gonna make it work? I think for me, I do I do tend to see things uh, black and white quite a bit. Um, so I think once I kind of made my mind up that I was sick of the way I, I was feeling, and because it wasn't just that I wasn't a good runner, I mean it was that I just overall did not feel good about. I just did not feel good. You know, I was like I learned later on a lot of the foods I was eating caused other stuff. So, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's just kind of a for me it was more of a mindset to say, look, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a good shot. You know, even if I just give it a week or two, and if it doesn't work out, there's no harm done. So I kind of I think I don't think by supper time I had any. I think the first full day was. Okay, but I think the within the first week I started having some withdrawal symptoms. I guess you would say from mm-hmm. from the, you know from meat products. Yeah. Because um, it is it is a huge change. You know, it's not. I cer- certainly don't want to make it sound put it too lightly, but um, but I think for me is setting a clear goal of and, and giving myself the option to opt out. You know, to say well, you know what I tried. Right. Um. That's what kind of worked for me, and and also surrounding myself with other people who were who were doing the same thing, and and like you said, luckily nowadays there's for this particular situation there's a lot of help out there, and I you know and I think the internet's made that available for a lot of other a lot of other issues as well. Yeah, definitely. So okay, when you say you gave yourself permission to opt out, um, that that's what I'm curious about because I I feel like. For a lot of people, that's the very problem is that is that they give themselves permission to to quit it, and then at the first time it gets difficult. That's then they do exactly that. Whereas when I've succeeded with this approach, it's been because I said I'm going to do this for 10 days, and that's my commitment, and then I'm going to stop if I don't like it then. But I've got to stay with it until I get that long, and then that became 30 days after it worked for 10, and you know, and then I kind of kept expanding that amount of time. Um, did you do anything like that, or was it just was it just I'm going to do this, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work? I think originally I said it was going to be at least a week, and then okay. after that week, if I if I was if it just you know was if if I had any doubts or anything, then I gave myself the opportunity to opt out. Yeah. But I think what really sealed the deal with this is that the results out in the in the way I was feeling in the first few days. After the first few days, you know, there was no way I was going back. <laughs> right. I mean, anybody who's made the transition successfully from from uh, carnivore – I mean, I'm sorry, omnivore to herbivore knows that you're going to feel positive results. So yep. that was – so I think that positive reinforcement pushed me through, 
and you know now here what um a couple years later it's like you know i, I wouldn't even i don't that thought doesn't even cross my mind of going back so right. it's it's amazing yeah we had a conversation with rip esselstyn on this very podcast uh, mm-hmm. a few months ago and his his engine 2 thing is the program is like a 28 day thing where you just you dive right into the whole thing i think it's even no oil but it's it's go cold turkey for lack of a better term and he was we were you know just not arguing but discussing it because i was kind of more coming from the small steps approach and that was his big argument that that you know i i did believe and, and that was kind of pretty valid for me to listen to that he said you know when when you go all the way you get these immediate results and and Maybe not the first day, but but pretty soon you start feeling different, and that might make for a rocky start because, you, as you said, there are these withdrawal type symptoms that happen. Um, same thing happens with coffee or alcohol, anything else that you're giving up that has been a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know you don't get that with the small steps approach. Small steps is basically making the decision to say that I'm okay with experiencing zero physical changes for the first whatever two weeks month while this thing develops as a habit in my brain. And I understand that I'll be reinforcing that habit, and that after this, after this, eventually I'll get, I'll start to get to the point where I experience actual visible results, but they're not going to happen right away. So you don't have that to keep you going. What you have mm-hmm. to keep you going with small steps is that it's not very hard, not very much work to make these tiny steps. So I, I'm endlessly fascinated by by that that question of which of those is better, and there's probably no answer, but still I'm searching for it. Yeah, I think I think that for different people, I think each each approach would. Uh... We're better for different people. Um, I know several people just on the front of veganism and vegetarianism that have gone um, through our community, through Veg Run Chat that I've spoken with. They'll, you know, they'll say, well, "What? Sh- which way should I do it?" And I'll say, "You know, do what works for you. If if it works for you to give up eggs one week and then give up um, milk the next, you know, until you're completely plant-based." Um, do it that way. If it if that isn't working out for you, um, you can try going all out and just dropping everything. And you know, and and like I tell them, I'll be there for them if they want to email me, have any questions and stuff, to let me know. Um, but but yeah, I think it I think it works differently for different people. Like I said, I'm very black and white. You know, I, I'm kind of all in when I decide I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like veg run chat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of you know, just kind of go for it so all right well let's talk about veg run chat now because i think that's that's going to be interesting i think people are probably wondering um what it is and and for those who who do know of it already uh what's what went into it and, and how it how it all began and kind of how it works and how it runs and how you can can keep putting so much time into it um first of all what's what's your your elevator pitch or, or your 30 second explanation for somebody who has never done that sort of thing before let's say they are on twitter uh maybe even not what is a Twitter chat like? What what's it about, and why why did you pick that as as your your platform to to start your thing? So basically, if you haven't participated in a Twitter chat before, uh, or if you're just completely new to Twitter, um, Twitter allows you to follow a feed using hashtags. So you can do a search for a hashtag and follow that particular tag and connect with everybody within that um, within that feed. And it's been really an excellent platform just for connecting on different uh, topics, not just our particular topic, um, but other. There's chats for there's chats for blogging. There's chats for um, pretty much anything you can think of. Um, they're out there. 
Um, yeah. and, and I mean, just to kind of put another angle on it, typically with Twitter, you are, you're putting a message out there for everybody to see who follows you. But to have a group conversation, that doesn't really work because not everybody is following every single other person in that conversation. Plus, right. then you get all these other other people's tweets that that people are like that you're following you get all that in your stream so it's not like you can see this conversation very well but if, in twitter if you if you just search for the hashtag which is that pound symbol the number sign mm-hmm. search for that veg run chat at sunday night 9 p.m eastern you'll see only the tweets that other people are tagging with that hashtag so if everyone in the conversation writes that at the end of their message then it all shows up in one place, and people are now basically in a chat room. So basically, what we've done here is reinvented the chat room from 1997, <laughs> uh, but but exactly. fancier. Exactly. When it, when I first uh, when I first thought about doing this, or when I first heard about chats being on Twitter, I immediately thought of AIM, AIM, you know, right? Yeah. AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> right. But the <laughs> difference, of course, like is I mean, the difference is that when and this is why it works now, and why it's a cool thing, and why yours has grown, is that when when someone is participating in the Twitter chat. It's true that only the people in that – well, it's true that anyone in that chat can filter just to see the things that are part of that chat. But when, you're, but when you're sending this stuff out, most of the time, by default, unless you're doing things to avoid it, everyone else in your – everyone else who follows you, even if they have no idea what this veg run chat is, are still seeing those tweets. So they see it. They know what how this whole Twitter world works, and they say, okay, so now there must be a chat that's called this thing, and I'm going to click over here and see what this exactly. is all about. Exactly, and that's why it's so great, and that's why so many businesses are adopting uh, these Twitter chats, is because it, it does spread a message, and it does spread their brand recognition. So, so when you have a thousand tweets going out on a Sunday night that all contain, the, you know, the Veg Run Chat hashtag in there, that's a thousand people sending these messages out to their who knows how many followers could be could be ten or it could be, you know, fifty thousand. Who knows? Right, and we've 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 run the numbers before. Um, on particular chats, some that were really big, mm-hmm. um, and I think our reach is one night was like 12 million people, just because of like how many people knew these people and right. There's actually a platform out there that calculates all that stuff. Ah, so it's pretty right. amazing, yeah. The reach you involved in all that. Right. Okay. So how then? So what what went into starting? Assuming people would sort of understand what it is. I mean, anyone who's been using Twitter for a little while probably gets it. Somebody who who hasn't been using Twitter, I'm sure, doesn't get it after this very short. Yeah. but I'm sure that's also not your not your target audience here. So um, let's let's just I mean let's talk about so that anyone can kind of understand anyone who's interested in starting something on their own like this, something that makes a difference and that feels good and that you know might even one day make you enough money to do as your job. Um, you know, like how to start? Like why? What made you choose this? And were you were you saying I want to start a a business now or I want to start something that that makes a difference or was it just like hey? The world doesn't have this, and it needs it, so I'm just going to do it. So there was definitely a need for for this chat, just uh, to help other people and to kind of spread the message that this is possible. You know, kind of like the way No Meat Athletes done online is to to show people there this can be done, and and you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And um, so initially, it was really just to help other people, and and I stand by that today because honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't do this week in and week out. If it if it wasn't helping somebody, honestly, if this chat went, if this chat got to a place where I was making money off of it and and not helping somebody, um, I would probably stop doing it, uh, just because it was not my this is not my primary goal with this. Right. Um, another thing to mention is, I think I mentioned earlier that we we've had sponsors come in 
And um, so there's definitely – this is definitely a profitable market, I would say. Um, you know, there's other chats that are charging a lot of money for sponsorships and for other uh, products, uh, merchandise and stuff like that. So there's definitely a market for that. Um, okay, so so you mentioned sponsors, and I wanted to get to this. One of the reasons to do Veg Rum Chat for for anyone who wants to participate in it is that there's lots of free stuff all the time. I mean, it seems like every time I've seen it, there's there's a sponsored thing. And how does how does sponsorship work? I mean, if someone is sponsoring your your Twitter chat, what does that mean? I mean, you're not you're not just sending out how great their product is all the time, right? It's not they don't they don't get ten thousand no, tweets saying no. their product is amazing. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, no, but we do promote their products throughout the week, mm-hmm. and we're very selective. In fact, in the past few chats, we haven't had a sponsor, uh, mainly because we, we are, we've gotten to where it's kind of like the way Apple has done with their products. You know, They want to make it better and not just the same old stuff. Right. We try to make our chat uh, better or you know, really more about the end user, which are other plant-based athletes. So we could get any company, you know, just to come on and we could promote their products for a week. Uh, but we've been very selective in making sure that the products that we're promoting are actually something that our runners would be interested in. Um, you'll see on other uh, other chats where there's some products that are pretty, you know, um, questionable. So we want to make sure that no matter what, our audience is actually going to be benefiting from these from these products, and we're not just kind of, you know, filling up the Twitter sphere with a bunch of junk. So yeah, totally. And that, that that problem is everywhere, and I think particularly with with things that are about our topic, and there are probably other topics that, that the same goes for. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there is that extra consideration. Like I mean, I've seen, I've heard lots of podcasts where where it seems like there's a, like the same few advertisers are because maybe not that many businesses have yet gotten into podcast advertising, relatively uh-huh. speaking. So it's like the same few advertisers, and I've heard an ad on one one podcast, um, like a business podcast, where it kind of makes sense. And then I hear the ad on a on a, on a you know vegetarian vegan type of podcast, and it like doesn't really fit in at all with with what they're talking about. So that's that's been a weird thing. And I've I've done the same thing uh, with the blog, at least in the old days. Someone recently asked me, I forget when this was, but they asked me something like, "What was the if I could undo one thing, or what was the biggest mistake I had made with No Meat Athlete?" And I one of it wasn't a it didn't kill the blog obviously or kill the brand, but I wish I could go back and not do as many sponsorship type things. I remember like when I had no idea that, like as you said, and I think this happens a lot, is that the thing grows way beyond what you ever imagined it would be. Mm-hmm. So when my blog was just a stupid little thing that I was doing and like for my own experiment, and someone came along and offered me a free pair of sunglasses if I would take a picture of myself with sunglasses and put them on the blog. Right. And I was doing it, and like yeah. I don't even wear sunglasses, but I thought it would be <laughs> cool to say that I got a free thing through my blog, and I, who knows, they were probably fifteen dollars sunglasses, and I wore them that one time literally and never again because I don't wear sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I just, and I should go back and just delete those posts. But I think I, I like having, I like having all those mistakes still be there so people can go back and just see how, how, I don't yeah. know, anyone who sees it and says, hey, I would like to ha- do something like that. It's nice to be able to say, look, go start at the beginning and, and look how it started. I had no idea what I was doing. I just You just start, and then you, you learn as you go. So I, I, those, with those issues, one, if anyone here is started, that's something I would encourage you from the beginning. Be selective before you let advertisers or other people be part of it. And I'm not saying don't let them be a part of it, but make sure that, that the message 
aligns with yours and that and that you can feel good about promoting their thing. Absolutely, and and be persistent. And it's something you decide to do, you know, you don't necessarily have to keep everything you decide to do from day one, but you you probably don't want to make too many business changes throughout the you know the life the life period yep. of your and it's business. so and it is so so easy with the internet and how easily people can give you negative feedback. I mean, it takes you know there's there's the anonymity of it. Uh, even without the anonymity, there's the there's the fact that like even if someone says their name, you don't know who they are. So if someone doesn't like a blog post of mine or they don't like something you say on Twitter chat, it takes them almost no effort to write a mean email or even a nice email that says mm-hmm. you should do this differently. And we are programmed, you know, to to listen to that stuff and that negative stuff gets our attention. And you know, I've probably had 20 moments in in the five years I've been doing this where I get an email from someone and they say you should do this, and right away I'm thinking, okay, I need to change that now because this person said I did. Right. When in fact, all the people who were totally satisfied with it just didn't say anything. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so I think I think you're right about that. Don't don't just make changes on a whim. Uh, say, I mean, of course, be flexible, but but I don't know if you didn't pay attention to any complaints that people made uh, until like you'd slept on them for a week. I think you would you'd do pretty well. Right, right, and, and don't make. And another thing I'd like to point out is making changes or making just doing anything uh, too soon because a lot of the things I know a lot of the things you do with No Meat Athlete probably involve a lot of planning and a lot of uh, time to think about them. In fact, I remember reading one of your blog posts about uh, something. I think it was the book tour, or I can't remember, but you had planned on it and you had really thought through it. Um, or I may be getting that backwards. You may have jumped right into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one I, I – that took a lot of planning, hours okay. and hours and hours. Yeah, imagine. Um, so, you know, with anything you're doing, even if somebody you – know, you know, with Veteran Chat, it was on a whim, and it it has worked out very well for me. Um, but some things need to be taken with a grain of salt, and some things need to be thought through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it was about six months ago somebody mentioned that we should have a virtual race. Um, if anybody's not – familiar with the virtual race it's where you basically you sign up for and register for the race like you normally would but you submit your times online you can still get uh free gear you get race medals and stuff like that so you do do you run an actual race somewhere you you run it anywhere you want uh you time yourself you choose whether you want to do it on treadmill if you want to do it you know on your street if you want to choose your favorite trail wherever you want to go um and you just submit your time and and you receive the stuff in the mail. You can actually get a bib to print out with most of these races. Um, so it's pretty Sounds cool. Like a race I could actually win maybe if I just yeah, I, yeah, I times a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. We had you had to be careful about that. <laughs> right. But somebody mentioned that about six months ago that we should, as a community, Bedrun Chat, we should we should do that. And literally, it took me six months to think. Okay, maybe we can do that. Maybe we <laughs> should do that. Right. Because you know you don't want to you know. One thing is when you decide to do something really quick and you didn't think it through and it doesn't work out right, um, it can, you know, it can emotionally set you back and push you away from other goals you might want to achieve, you know? Sure. Of course it would. But I, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think more people nowadays, their problem is that they will never let themselves do the big scary thing that they really, really want to do. That seems like, wow, if I could make that happen, it'd be amazing. I, I think you would do well just to always do that. You know what I mean? Like even if it's uh, – there will be emotional setbacks for sure, but I think learning to be okay with those things and uh, – I mean you know, it's it's almost a cliche to say that, that the best 
people in business and the best artists and the best everything are those who who basically seek out the opportunity to fail. And nobody likes it and nobody loves it, but the people who have failed the most are the people who succeed the most because because they haven't let the fear of, of failing stop them from trying. So it's it's definitely a, a scary thing and, and as you know from this, it's just the yes, it's simple to be a professional blogger because you can you can be in your underwear and, and do your work all day and you don't have to listen to anybody. But the the emotional labor that it goes into it, and and I'm not trying to glorify this and say that say that this is just as valuable as firefighting or whatever, you know. Right. I, I'm not that. But the the emotional highs and lows and ups and downs and and the you know sort of courage it takes sometimes just to get yourself to sit down and write a blog post oh, that yeah. because you get you know you know people are going to criticize it and that's a sign to me that it's good is that people are criticizing it because then that means it's people care about it and it's not just being ignored but i'm sure you experience the same things where it's just like it's really hard to to keep doing the action sometimes and and you kind of have to just do it um, so, you know, I, I don't mean to say like for those who, who work normal jobs or for someone else that there aren't those moments because I'm sure there are, but what I've noticed from my experience and, and I'd be interested to hear if it's the same for you is that, uh, it's, you know, it, there are, there are some days when it doesn't seem like you accomplished much, but it was really emotionally taxing. Right. Absolutely. And blogging is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because of, you know, there's so much, you know, there can be a lot of, there's critics out there, and like you said, the the critics that are going to point out your flaws are the ones that are going to speak up. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But starting any business or um, you know any company, any business you want to do, working from home in general sounds so great, and and no, yeah, it may not be more of a job than some of these other regular jobs, uh, but it is a lot of hard work. And in fact, like I tell people. You know, yeah, you get to work from home. You get to work in your uh, pajamas if you want, and you get to pick which 16 hours out of the day you want to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because right. it's there's a lot, a lot of work when you're when you're doing it all yourself. There is, and and more than that, I think when you make the choice to do this sort of thing, and if you make the choice to be really passionate about it, and not just like I'm going to try to set up a a blog or some sort of passive income stream, because and I'm not saying that's a terrible thing to do, but if you're kind of making the choice to do something that matters to you like like the plant-based diet and expanding the reach of this whole thing and moving this you know moving this movement along basically then you're basically committing that that like I'm this is what I'm going to think about basically every hour that I'm not sleeping this is going to be in my mind wondering how I can make this better or playing again and again the complaint that that person emailed me even when I'm supposed to be done work and having dinner with my family, you know, when you're doing something that kind of matters to you on a personal level and it's not just about building a business, not just about the money, you know, it's still really hard just to turn off your brain and say, I'm done work now. So, all right, let's, let's just talk for someone who does again, want to do something like this. What advice do you have? I mean, just speak, you don't have to give them advice, say like the perfect business advice here, but why do you think veg run chat has been successful when, Basically, you know, when so much stuff just doesn't work. I mean, you, you have to try a lot of things often before you find something that works. And I think you and I were kind of lucky in that in the, the thing that we tried the first or second time turned out to work really well. But you, I've seen so many bloggers who, who start and their thing just doesn't take off. What do you think has made Veg Run Chat successful? Whether it was something that you did or whether it was something that is kind of lucky and, and built into to the path that you chose. I think for me, for Veteran Chat, uh, starting off with the blog first and starting off 
you know, things got things were really slow starting off uh, ever at Forks Defeat, uh, the blog. Um, you know, I started making little connections here and there in the beginning with companies, like you mentioned before about, you know, slapping little ads on your on your blog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I connected with so many little so many uh, companies and just gradually began to know them um, and eventually grew a relationship with them and with my readers, you know. But I think the main drive – and I'm, I'm sorry, that actually uh, moved over into Veteran Chat. Like basically everybody that I had known from Forks to Feet, um, you know, joined the Veteran Chat community immediately. So there was already that presence of, of athletes there. Yeah, um, that really two, two good things jump out here for me. Um, that, that first of all, this wasn't the first thing you started because you started right. Veg Run Chat. And uh, is it fair to say that that while that worked, uh, Veg Run Chat has has been much bigger than that ever was? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, I think that's the first thing is like you try something and then it might work, it might not work, and it might kind of work. And you kind of you know you kept doing it and then you found the next thing and that and the experience and the connections and the relationships from the first thing helped the second one to actually start happening and, and you were in a much better position then to launch something like bedroom chat and you might not have had you know might not have gotten it off the ground had you not had the first thing that wasn't as big a success because that first thing kind of paved the way and, and built you up all those contacts and things like that right absolutely and bedroom chat took off to to the degree that it actually ended up having to um, hand the reins over for my blog to somebody else uh, uh-huh. to manage because I just simply don't have time to write posts and and, right. <laughs> and everything for, oh, for two different sites. Sure. So um, yeah, that and, and I'm you know extremely passionate about what I do. Um, not just you know the work I do, but I mean I'm extremely passionate about the lifestyle and and the running. And if I if I had you know if those weren't true passions of mine, there's no, I don't believe that this would have been as successful as it has been. Yeah, right. It has to be. And I mean, I think it's possible that that someone could be that passionate about about making money, even or about being an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. So I mean, it's not that you need to have your business be about something that you're passionate about, but but you better be passionate about your business, whatever it is, even if the reason is just to make money. And I mean, it's so important because you just get sick of it. I mean, no matter how fun it is, especially once it becomes a job, then it gets hard. I mean, then it's like. There are days when I have to do this and don't really feel like doing it that day, but you kind of have to just keep doing it, as in any other work. Absolutely. But, uh, but the passion certainly helps a lot. The one thing I didn't – I was going to say two things, and I, I forgot. Um, on a related note, though, to what we were saying about that, that building all those relationships and things with Forks to Feet helped you with Veg Run Chat, is that it was funny that you, that you said this right away as, as why it had succeeded. You mentioned right away relationships, and <clears throat> when people ask me – why no media athlete has succeeded or how to make their blog successful. The advice I always give is from the very beginning, as early as you possibly can bring in other people because you can make it this monologue where it's just you talking and you can try to improve on that by having people give comments back to you. But that doesn't always happen in the beginning. And even when you encourage it and ask questions and have contests, people don't always comment because it's just, it's just a little bit more engagement and people aren't always willing to do that. But if you can get other people involved and that could be by doing interviews with some with people like a lot of people in this plant-based athlete space who you would think, you know, are just celebrities and you can't possibly get a hold of. 
for me, this was Brendan Brazier back in the day because he was about the only person out there who I knew of. And then, then I found out about Scott Jurek and started to, you know, then, then it got bigger and more people started appearing. But uh, he was supportive from the early days and he would agree to do interviews when I would ask him. Not because I had done anything to really earn that, but just because I think he, you know, he wanted to promote his own brand and, and saw blogs as, correctly, saw blogs as, as kind of a viable way to start doing that. So doing things like that, having people for interviews, um, putting together posts or, you know, things where you're asking 25 or 30 different experts in the field to write you a two-sentence answer to a question. Like, you know, what's your – if you have, you're eating your last meal, what's it going to be? Or if you're going to a desert island, you have to bring one book or yeah, whatever. What's it going to be? Mm-hmm. And you get all these different people involved. Then you can – first of all, you can make an interesting article out of that post. And I'm sure there are analogs in the podcast world or whatever your world is. But you get that, and then and then some of these people are going to help you share that because they they like to promote that they contributed to something, and they like to promote they like to return the favor for anyone who's helping to spread the word about them. So that that would be my biggest tip, and it sounds like that's a big one for you too. Is build those relationships, not not in a phony way. I mean, just just you know talk to people and and do things that involve other people. That is the reason I think mine got off the ground. It sounds like the same reason forks to feet helped veg run chat was you know just having having other people involved besides just you yes and like you said many of these people we think are just unreachable uh, that we will never talk to i mean you send them an email and you'd be surprised it just takes those not really a risk but you know i guess a chance um that you may get let down but you you know like you said it's really a lot of these uh bloggers or other owners um are very open to stuff you know when i contacted you about the about sponsoring a veg run chat uh, months ago, you know, I got an email back from you, and I was pretty thrilled about it. And and I had <laughs> I'd heard from and actually I'd heard you on um, another podcast uh, prior to that, and you had mentioned that you said, you know, it's very important that we you connect with you know the big guys and the little guys because you don't know who's going to help you out, mm-hmm. and that energy does flow from one person to the other. So, you know. Veteran Chat, as it's grown, I've been able, I've been given that ability to help other people who are just trying to get started. Yeah. So right, and that's nice. really fun. It's it's very much it's very fun to be able to give that back, you know, because someone has helped you so much, and then you could kind of pay that forward to someone else uh, who you would love to see succeed. So mm-hmm. lots of warm and fuzzies there. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think that's probably a good good point to wrap up. Uh. I don't know. I mean, do, do you have any any last advice and i know i'm kind of putting it on the spot but is there anything else that you would just you know tell to someone who has this in the back of their mind like i'd really like to do something like this and to even if it doesn't become my job start building something that goes outside of what i do during nine to five during the day and and kind of just makes a little bit more of a mark on the world uh that i'm currently not making what would you tell that person i mean anything you could suggest yeah um first of all i mean if if you have an idea of something that you think you – or a goal that you think you might be able to do or uh, – before you tell yourself that you can't do it, uh, give it a try and see and reach out to people who have done it um, and just to see if it you know, will work first. Um, I think so many people give in before they start and give it a shot and see how it goes and um, – and there are so many opportunities these days uh, with the with the internet and new technologies uh, coming about 
that more entrepreneurs are are popping up everywhere because people you know come up with a, a new PayPal or a new whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's not far fetched anymore. CEOs are popping up everywhere. Um, so I would say to follow a dream if you have a passion for something or if you just want to see if you can create a business on your own. Come up, you know, figure out what it is you want to do. Speak with the people that have have done something have done something similar or who are, you know, in the business or in or are entrepreneurs. And find a way to do it. Don't don't stop because you you doubt yourself. Yeah, that's great. And and don't at the same time don't don't just go Google what you're trying to do and <laughs> say okay, there's somebody else doing something that's just a little bit similar to that. So I guess they beat me to it. I guess I'm not going to do that idea. And back to the drawing board. Like uh, to me, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm, this is like not stuff we usually talk about on the podcast. It's, of course, we usually focus on eating and and stuff like that. So I'm I'm kind of enjoying the opportunity to talk about this sort of stuff because I do love this topic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you see someone else doing something, take that as a sign that this is an actual viable niche or a viable idea and then make your thing a little bit different and and try it. I mean, it, so many people see that there's somebody else out there and then it's like that fear mechanism kicks in and it's like, oh, I'm not going to try to be the one who jumps into this market when someone else is already here doing that. But, uh, I mean, that's – take it as proof that it works when, when a lot of industries – like or things, if you Google them and there's then there's nobody doing it, that's a pretty good sign that maybe this isn't the right space to be in at all because no one's been able to make something work in it. So I, I think seeing some competition uh, is is really a good sign a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, Brandon. Well, this has been fun for me. I hope people have enjoyed it. I know it's a little bit different from our, from our other episodes, but uh, at the very least, even if no one wanted business advice here, which I, I highly doubt, I imagine some people – <laughs> will uh, be inspired to, to just try something. Um, if nothing else, then uh, I hope that uh, the Veg Run Chat uh, participants who, who do hop over here to, to listen to you on a podcast have learned a little bit more about you that uh, maybe they didn't know before. So I appreciate your time, and uh, I, I commend you for what you've done with Veg Run Chat. I think it's awesome. Uh, I've, I'm so glad to have seen it succeed the way it has, and uh, I hope it just keeps on growing. Thank you, and thank you for thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Okay, it was a pleasure. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. All right, bye.